Hey, everybody. I'm James. I'm the pastor of the Freedom Moravian Church, and you have found the Essentials. This is a little podcast that I host where we take time to explore our faith, we share life experiences, and we try our best to celebrate the hope and the good news that we find out in the world. If you've listened to the podcast before, I'm glad you came back. And if you're listening for the first time, thank you for giving it a shot. So it's no secret that we live in a very polarized world. Every topic, every issue feels so divisive. And it seems like we know each other for what we disagree on rather than for what we have in common. And what I want to talk about today is my hope for how we can start to change that. Because right now, when our differences come to light, we seem to pull away from any conversation, any further dialogue, and we leave the table with this assertion that we're right and the other person on the other side isn't worth our time in talking to them. And we have lost that ability to explore our different opinions, I guess, if we ever had that ability to begin with. When we do this over and over for every social issue, we just form two sides that refuse to budge, and it makes relationship and community with people who have different beliefs really challenging. We assume that we don't agree and we never will, so we assume that we can't talk about these things with one another. I think part of that is because we're certain that the other side is going to try and prove their point to win us over, but that shouldn't be the goal of these conversations. We should be seeking better understanding, an opportunity to share our point of view while having the ears to see where the other person is coming from. Not with a goal that we have to agree eventually, but to make sure that we're tackling these issues from a place of being informed and searching for connection rather than trying to win an argument and without this current desperation for us to go on our own way. So something happened recently at church that really makes me think about this lack of communication, this lack of dialogue that we have or want to have with people who disagree with us. It happened at church a couple weeks ago, and it has been on my mind ever since. So one Sunday morning, after I finished my sermon before our hymn that led into communion, a woman who had been visiting with us for quite some time stood up and offered her disapproval of what I preached on. Now, this woman, as I mentioned, has been coming for a little while as a visitor. And through our conversations, I kind of got the sense that maybe we weren't the best spiritual home for her, that she might not fit in with the Moravian faith. 
but I was okay with having her come to worship. She seemed to get something from our worship services. She kept coming back, and that was intriguing to me. And I wasn't at a point where um, I wanted to push things any further, but just continued to welcome her and worship and was happy to just see where things would go. But I had a sense that maybe her beliefs wouldn't quite be in line with the Moravian beliefs. And two things specifically, she she mentioned one Sunday before worship how her daughter was, her granddaughter was prophesying uh, pieces of scripture when she's not able to read yet. And she wanted to know uh, what she should do about that. And a different Sunday, she asked if our church practices cleansing things in the blood of Christ. And those are both things that were not uh, super well versed on in the Moravian church. Uh, they might fit in better at different settings, um, but she continued to worship with us. And she had spoken up after sermons in the past on a couple of occasions, but it was in affirmation of what was preached on for that day. And someone speaking up after the sermon is definitely unusual in our church, uh, not something that we're used to, but it was fine when it was something in support of the lesson for that day. Now, the Sunday that I'm referring to, the Sunday that she disagreed with what I preached on, it was a Sunday where I just came back from Synod, and I offered an update on a resolution from Synod that the PEC, our Provincial Elders Conference, was tasked with either finding or creating training that our clergy will take to better educate ourselves on issues of gender identity and faith, to help walk with people um, going through gender identity issues and trying to better understand what they might be going through and how the church has been a place of pain for them in the past and how we can embrace and love them now as a community of faith. And as I preached to this sermon, I could see out in the congregation, I could see this woman being visibly upset and agitated that I was preaching about this. She was noticeably uncomfortable with what I was saying. And having a feeling that she disapproved and quite strongly had feelings against this, right after I said the word amen, when she stood up and raised her hand asking if she could say something, I knew that it wasn't going to be a great thing to hear. And I also knew that we were already running late for worship. It was a communion Sunday. It's July, so it's hot in the sanctuary. We don't have air conditioning. I didn't want to keep people there forever. So initially when she stood up and said, asked if she could say something, I said, I'm sorry, we have to get to communion right now, but I would be happy to talk with you after worship. And she responded by saying, but this would be really good for people to hear. And I kind of gave her a, a, a window of, of silence, I guess that was an approval. Um, I wasn't very forceful in turning her down because it was already kind of an awkward situation. 
And then she went on to say how much she disagrees with what our church is doing, that this is not the way of God, and ultimately finished by comparing people who deal with gender identity issues and um, everything like that. She uh, compared their journey to kids who identify as cats. I was kind of at a loss for words when she finished speaking. I eventually uh, said that the feeling from our synod was that we're called to love and embrace people and that we feel it's important to learn more, to better walk with people who um, are going through this and dealing with this. We want to be supportive and not offer judgment. So, and then again, I mentioned that I'd be happy to talk further that we can continue this conversation after worship. So then I introduced the hymn that led into communion. I dipped out into my office to get my communion surplus on, and I was understandably a little rattled, a little uh, confused at what had just happened, very caught off guard. Um, folks who've gone to our church for decades and decades uh, in the week after mentioned that they had never seen something like that in worship. So it was definitely unusual. And as I was in my office, I was trying to muster the courage uh, to deal with the thought of now serving her communion because we practice an open table. Um, those who feel led to accept this gift of communion we believe Jesus would want to offer it to them. And after having this awkward exchange, after having this tension, I wasn't exactly looking forward to that interaction with her of having those five seconds of one-on-one -on -one for the bread and for the cup. I felt like it would be an uncomfortable thing to do. Not that she didn't deserve communion or that she doesn't belong at the table, but just that the physical action of it all would be kind of strange considering what just happened. But as I returned to the sanctuary, I found that she was no longer there. She decided to leave and exit worship and go home for the day. That Sunday afternoon, she sent me three emails, all with links to different pastors preaching on this issue and essentially saying that the world is doomed because of these gender identity issues. That we, as a church, when we embrace and support people, that we are not following the will of God and we are straying from God's work. And to these three emails, I responded with another email saying that the feeling of our church is again to be open and accepting to love all people, and we especially know that the church has been a source of tremendous pain for people dealing with gender identity issues at this time, and we don't want to continue that trend. I also mentioned that her comparing uh, people going through gender identity um, struggles and that journey, comparing them to children identifying as cats, for me, was all the reason I needed to know that we do need more education 
on this. That if that's what we jump to, if that's what we think of all of this, that it's kids identifying as cats, then we don't know enough. We haven't listened enough to people's stories and people's experiences to truly understand what they're going through. And I closed it by saying that I'm sorry she didn't feel comfortable staying for communion. I respected her decision to leave and then said that you are always welcome back at Christ's table, just like everyone is welcome. And I have not heard from her since. Now, for the frustration of um, not worship getting interrupted, I mean, that was frustrating in the moment, but uh, we survived and we've we've moved on. Worship uh, has has continued. Um, I think the greatest piece of frustration is there's so much opportunity for more conversation. There's so much space to hear from each other, to learn about our experience, our hopes, our fears, our point of view. We clearly have two very different beliefs on this one issue. And as of right now, that chance for dialogue is totally gone, or at least not taken advantage of. We haven't had that conversation. And it seems like, at least for the two of us, we won't gain a better understanding of where the other person is coming from because that chance to engage with one another further hasn't been taken. And now we continue to be two people on opposite sides of an issue. And at least in this instance, it seems like this one issue and the differences that we have has been labeled enough or important enough that a relationship at all isn't possible. That this one difference, even though we've worshiped together for a long time, even though we've sat at the same table for communion on several communion Sundays, this one disagreement and difference of opinion is enough to unravel an entire relationship. That there's no longer anything we have in common because this one difference is so great. And We've lost this chance at a community forming despite those differences. You know, I don't need her to believe everything that I believe. I don't expect that from anyone who goes to our church to agree with me on every issue. But I think we grow, whether it's this issue or any others, we grow when we sit at the table to discuss where we disagree, when we learn more about each other. And I do think that we would find we have a lot in common, despite those differences. And then if after more conversation and more dialogue, if after learning more about each other and where we're coming from, if then we decide that our differences are too great and we decide to go our separate ways, at least we're doing so from an informed place. We're not just jumping to conclusions and allowing one difference in opinion and belief to dictate our entire journey together. And while that lack of communication 
has been a source of frustration over the past couple of weeks, having this feel like a loose end and not getting the chance to explain things further and learn further about this. While that's been a source of pain, on the flip side, this happening in worship, um, this being such a surprising thing for those who gathered for worship, that sparked terrific conversations within our congregation. First, it was people just kind of reacting to what had happened, sharing their support for how I handled it in the moment. Although, of course, in the weeks since, I have thought of about a billion different things I could have said if I was more prepared. And you always come up with those things you could have said if you would have thought of them in the, in the moment. But then we had further conversation on this issue in general. And it wasn't all people you know, siding with me and siding with the Moravian church on this. We are a rural church. We're an older church. And for the issue of gender identity, for that topic in our world today, for all of the topics that unfold in our culture and in our society, we have a wide range of positions that people take in our church. From being totally comfortable and supportive of uh, people dealing and going through the journey of gender identity, to people who are pretty uncomfortable with it and don't know what to do with it and um, don't particularly enjoy when we preach about it because it's a touchy subject and it's not something um, that they are quite ready for. But we know we have those differences on many issues, but at least for the community that we are today, we see something greater that we have in common. We see that we don't have to agree with each other on every single thing. We can have differences in belief and opinion, and we can continue in relationship, in community with one another while having these differences. We can continue to talk with one another, learn from each other, not with the goal that we'll win someone over, that they'll eventually believe what we believe, but just knowing that we are heard and that we're willing to listen to others as well. So while I've lamented not getting to talk to this woman since this took place a couple of weeks ago, I'm grateful that it sparked terrific conversation with members of our church, learning where people are coming from, learning the journey that they have gone on as they consider this issue, places of growth, places of struggle, hearing it all, and just being able to learn more about where we're coming from, to be more informed about what we believe, and to know how we can best move forward together. And in our church, it's a small church, it happens on a small scale, but I think it is just such a terrific example of what we could use, especially in our country, to know that we don't see things the same way all the time. But that fact doesn't mean we have to abandon relationship with one another. 
we can have different beliefs and gather together to worship the same God, to follow Jesus the same way, to try and become better people each and every day, more compassionate, more caring, more loving, all while wrestling with the countless issues that we see in our world from a wide range of positions. I'm thankful that that is an experience in our church. We're not a red or a blue church. We have a whole lot of purple. And above it all, people love and care for each other. And they love serving the God who created us and loves us and gives us life. So maybe one day I will get to have another conversation with this woman. Maybe uh, she needed some time to cool off and we'll get a chance to continue this discussion. If we don't, that's okay, because I'm at least grateful that that moment in worship sparked terrific conversation with people in our church, and we have grown from going through that together. And we feel more comfortable talking about something that is difficult to talk about. And that's the most important thing, being willing to talk about those things that in our world today are so incredibly hard to navigate. To not feel like we have to walk on eggshells around them because we're not afraid that disagreeing will mean we can't walk together anymore. So I pray for you as you wrestle with any of the issues we face in our world today, as you engage with family and friends and the communities that you're a part of, I'm grateful for the ways that maybe you're able to continue dialogue with people who disagree with you, to continue relationship, even though you don't see eye to eye on all things, <clears throat> and I offer you a word of courage that when those disagreements pop up, to not lean on that quick reaction that says we need to back away and dissolve our time together but that we can continue our conversations to learn where we can walk with one another, where we're coming from, and what's most important to us. If you want to learn more about the church that I serve, it's the Freedom Moravian Church. You can check out our Facebook page, our website. You can worship with us on YouTube as well. You can learn more about Moravians in general at Moravian org. So I appreciate you listening. Be well, and I will catch you next time.